Hi, just a quick uh, announcement about our event coming up on April 18th at Cafe du Nord. Uh, the show is called Working with Death, and it's part of Reimagine End of Life. Uh, it's a week-long series of events uh, asking big questions about life and death, um, and we're honored and thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, tickets are now available for our show, um, and uh, we recommend getting them fast. It's not a not the hugest venue in town, and it should sell out pretty quickly. So um, you can find uh, more information and uh, links to buy tickets on the Reimagine website, which is letsreimagine.org, or you can go to our Facebook page and click on events and find all the information, including ticket info, that you need right there. Yeah, we're actually here playing some music, you know, <laughs> so, yes. and I had this idea of um, maybe kind of taking people through my musical San Francisco, or my musical life as a performer in San Francisco. That was musician Brian Belknap. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week, this podcast features bartenders, photographers, artists, musicians, scientists, and other San Franciscans talking about living, working, and doing their thing here. Welcome to episode 24, part one. In this podcast, Brian will start walking through his time in San Francisco, starting in the 1980s. He'll play a song or two that for him typifies that era of his life, whether it was living on the streets or gigging at various venues all around town and the Bay Area, playing music and knowing great people. Also, I wanted to mention that Brian will be having a record release party with Sally Ford and Mike Kirkendall on May 11th at Brick and Mortar. Here's Brian. Yeah, it's central to my life. I, mean, I, had, a, I had a hiatus of a number of years, which I think I talked about the last time um, where I was doing a lot of that organizing. But, you know, I took off from home and thumbed across the country and, you know, um, living in the woods for a while. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, um, you know, hooked up with some friends who, you know, had this wild trip across the, you know, northwest. And then came came down to San Francisco and it got dropped down at Fisherman's Wharf. And um, I lived down there for a few months. What year are we talking? This is, God, this, is, this has got to be 19, must be 1981. Wow, okay. When I hit there, I'm guessing. 80 maybe you're coming up on 40 yeah since that first yeah since that first visit that's first true time. that's true and it definitely was different down there you know um some things are still there it's an odd there's an odd kind of overlay there it's even it's a lot more touristy now sure you know i mean like everything i mean it was touristy then it was what it was for but it's you know it's but it wasn't so disneyfied yeah it was more still a uh, uh, homegrown Homespun yeah. businesses, yeah. restaurants. And right, yeah, yeah. You had all kinds of different places. And I remember there's a couple of other street musicians I got to know down there. And one of them told, I always resented him telling me the story. He told the story about being outside the uh, Buena Vista mm -hmm. at closing time, because that's one of the things you do. Mm -hmm. I didn't really do that, because I was usually looking. They, these places, these people some had some inside places to sleep. I didn't. So by the time the sun went down, and I wasn't out much past midnight on the street because there wasn't much money on the street. And I wasn't going to stay out till two, you know, so I'd be looking for, you know, some place to lay my head for the night, you know, which is much, God, I look, I look around today and 
It was bad enough back then, but I don't know how people do it. It was a different, there, there's a different kind of even social cohesion amongst those of us that were on the street, I think. Mm-hmm. Not that, don't pe- that people don't try to take care of each other out there. I think it's harder, though. Yeah. You know, uh, people just stay out there and, are, you know, much more permanently. Um, anyway. Were you were you meeting other uh, street musicians? Yeah. Right away, yeah. like for, forming friendships? Yeah, or, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the couple of guys I met, you know, when I ended up, you know, because it was it was getting cold. But anyway, uh, there's a guy. God, I wish I could remember this guy's name. Um, a lot of characters out there. This guy, this guy, Sammy, he used to come by when I was playing and say things like, you got it, Brian. Oh, you got it. And he was <laughs> fucked up. Mm. He had this big, like, diagonal slash across his face. It was sort of the mark of the snitch from the, what the street culture was. Right. I think he was some kind of mob guy. Wow. And he was always drunk, you know, like, inevitably. <laughs> you got it, Brian. Oh, you got it, man. <laughs> I'd be like, Sammy, you're trying to give it away. But there's this another guy whose name I can't remember. It might have been Sonny. Though I don't, Sonny was another guy. But anyway, he 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 always told the story about like being outside the Buena Vista and playing his guitar, and breaking a string, and some guy standing there shaking his head and saying, you know, if you had a decent guitar, that wouldn't happen. And uh, you know, I was just calling Sonny. Says, uh, well, you know, a good guitar costs money, and he goes, well, how much money? And you know, Sonny's just like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, like a Martin. Real good guitar, $500. And the guy reaches into his pocket Whoa. and peels 500 And this is, you know, this is fucking 19. 80, 80 80s, whatever the hell it was. 80s, 80, yeah. Early, 81 at the latest. That's a lot of know? money, kids. Um, yeah, and fucking peels five $100 bills off the fucking roll and throws it in his case. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and it was an interesting, yeah, you know, living on the street, for me anyway, it's different for everybody, but... I heard somebody say something similar to this recently. It's just like, not to be melodramatic about it, but I mean, you don't necessarily know that you're going to wake up in the morning. And there's some fucked up shit happening back then. There's like these Nazi fuckers that were going around lighting the homeless people on fire. There were a few people that had died. I mean, it was some of it. And so people, there, there was, it wasn't quite, there was that going on. So, you know, um, but people tend to sort of, like me anyway, I just like, I found my own way. And you'd have your dry spots where if it was, you know, if it was gonna rain or something, mm-hmm. that you could be and you'd have your spots where, you know, if it wasn't gonna rain, you'd, you know. Um, and there's this one place that you had these warehouses down at, um, you know, down where, I guess one of them now houses the, uh, the Mechanical Museum. Oh yeah, Museum of Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that used to be out by uh, the, the Kimber Pier 43 or 45 or something. Yeah, but yeah. that used to be by the, uh, out by the old Sutro Baths. Yes. But anyway, um, but like one of my places was behind, you, you could get into that warehouse pretty easily actually, and I just hide behind the dumpsters there. Hmm. And then one morning, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm about I'm kind of pulling it together because you don't want to linger and you don't want to have those spots busted, you know. Um, so out of sight, out of mind, kind of thing. But someone from one of the restaurants down there, like emptied this entire barrel full of fish slop, and they missed the dumpster, came right on over and fucking covered me. With, wow, man, you took a fish shower. Oh, I took a little fish gut shower. Wow. There you go, almighty. But uh. Did all the cats in the neighborhood start they, <laughs> they gravitated towards you at that point? Oh, yeah. They loved it in cats. 
<laughs> yeah. But, uh, where and where specifically? Uh, what spots on the on the wharf did you play? That would be like right at like Jefferson and Taylor, I think. You okay. Know, there's a place. That was that Taylor, like a prime spot for you, or? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's there a place that you could play that was a little bit sheltered if it rained, mm -hmm. that you wouldn't get run off most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then they had these benches that were made out of railroad ties down there. Mm. And so I used to. I think I know. I think they're still there. Uh, Some of no. no? Cause I I take my little tour. They have something down there. Something like that sounds familiar. Um, Anyhow. But but I'd stand on the back of one of them because you could actually like walk, you know. Because I used to like to balance on things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and I'd I'd play like songs like in particular like my repertoire was different. It had like a I'm not gonna play one of my own songs from back then because a I don't remember it, and b it's a mercy to everybody that those songs are gone. All right. <laughs> but I used to play like you know a lot of blues and you know Neil Young and you know. Old Rolling Stones. So, so I'm going to play one of those songs here. That I used to play back then. What song, what song is it? This is a song, Helpless. And, I, and you know, it was one of those songs I play as the song was going down. And I was wondering, when the fuck am I going to sleep tonight? <laughs> you know? And as a matter of... Ah, that's another story. All right, well, let me just play some of the stuff we're supposed to be doing here. <laughs> Ontario Green comfort memories bare In my mind I still need a place to go All my memories are there Yellow moon on the right Big birds are flying across the sun Leaving shadows on our eyes Helpless, helpless, hell Tied across the door Darling, would you sing me somehow Yeah, but that was a pretty meaningful song to me. You know, I had just been up in northern Ontario trying to live in the woods <laughs> shortly oh, before man. that. So there's that little... I try to do things with songs that might make people wonder what the fuck that song was. <laughs>
you know, there, there is that kind of thing on the street too. You know, if you give people something in a way they haven't heard it before, you have you kind of get a get two uh, two bites at the apple. It's like what the hell? That's you get the curiosity. Then it's different. And then they recognize. And then it. they like, go find it, or yeah, it turns them on. To yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they they you know I'm thinking more in the line along the lines of, well, you know. There's something, like, even the things I've noticed is that, because I, I play some pretty obscure songs when I'm out there, and a good song actually that has lasted, even if people don't know it, they respond to it. Hmm. You know, there's a reason why certain songs last and certain, you know, because there's all kinds of songs that get popular and go away, mm -hmm. you know. Um, even those, though, I think most popular songs, they really have something to them, you know. Um, right. There's something that hooks people in. You know, it's some kind of emotional quality or something. Usually it's that, I would say. Right. You know, um, because you can hook people's, I don't know, there's a whole, there's books written about this shit, you know, and there's songs written, written out of those books. And, 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 and by and large, those aren't the songs that <laughs> last. So that was that trip out, you know, and. That was the, the first. Yeah, and then I ran down the coast trying to, you know, beat the cold and the rain and mm -hmm. got down to San Diego. I was living in the living uh, in Balboa Park. I think I might have mentioned that. We, we mentioned time. that last time. Yeah, yeah. And finally, I just, I got, I got it out. I had friends back in Chicago. I made my way back there. And then I came back again and started playing things like the open mic over at uh, uh, the Freight and Salvage across the bay. You know, met some amazing people. God, I forgot about this, but, you know, um, got to know uh, Alvin Youngblood Hart, who played open mic back in the day. You know, I was living in this little attic um, at the time. Uh, my friend Carl Beckman was renovating some properties, and I was out here helping him. And he had a little place up on, I know this is in San Francisco, but anyway. That's uh, fine. But yeah, there's some great, great, Chuck Brodsky, who's done pretty well for himself, you know, um, was a songwriter, you know, and, but, uh, you know, Alvin was in, it's, it's funny, I mean, he's had, he's had, he's an amazing, like, Delta guy. He was from Mississippi and, like, used to work on radios hmm. uh, in, in the National Guard and learned how to make all these, these little amps and whatnot. Nice. And, yeah, and there just weren't that many people playing this kind of stuff. Like nobody was yeah. playing the accordion back then, right? You know, and I was by that time, by, by that trip back. So, you know, um, yeah, he and I played some together up in the attic. There, he came by, and you know, um, God, I had. Anyways, now I'm just gonna start reminiscing. So anyway, um, but there, were, there was another one of those really great scenes. And you know, from there, I started. I You're talking about the, specifically the open mic scene, yeah, or it was yeah, a yeah, really cool. You know, open mic scene at the Freight and Salvage. It was over when it was on on uh, uh, whatever Allison or or whatever the hell it is, Addison, Addison in uh, Berkeley, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was right off of San Bruno there. Yeah, I mean, I you know, yeah, it was. I was I, I had a little place up on, or we were renovating these properties up on Bancroft, and you know, it was a different neighborhood back then. Yeah, um, you know, kind of the flats there, but. Uh, yeah, I just met some great, great people there, um, and you know, absorbed a lot of great music and got a chance to to play some. And eventually, got back on this side of the bay and just ran into another great crowd of um, musicians, um, people that were like, I saw this band play over at. It's been what's now the Independent was then, I think that was Club Commotion back then. Okay. Is that right? I'm not sure. I got. I get these names mixed up. What uh, if you had to Divisadero guess, or if you know, if you know what year, or if you you can guess? This would be. This would by then. That would be ninety one. Early nineties. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 
92. God, I don't think it was club commotion. But maybe it, I don't know. Because that thing's been about three or four different things. Yep. You know, and I, you know, I just lose track of the, what these damn rooms are. Not these, I mean, they're, they're wonderful places, but, you know. I saw a band called The Simple Doings there. Okay. That, if my memory serves, it was Patrick Winningham, who's now in the Tender Mercies with Dan Bickery from the County Crows, and Kurt Stevenson, and Barbara Plank, and I think... I think Keith was in that band too. Um, Keith Childberg, you know, and you know, so I met I met them, and you know, I got to know Kurt. And I ended up playing in the band with him, and then, and they were playing these really amazing songs that they'd written, and and I just you know we sat around the kitchens and learned, you know, all this, and they were in this bigger band that had been played in the Fillmore and whatever. It was another one of these bands that shoulda, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Right. You know, that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, but they were they were tremendously talented. And there's Chris Bozels in that band too. So another great songwriter. Some of these songs were actually recorded by, um, uh, by uh, the Counting Crows. I don't know hmm. if Patrick Winningham was with them, but we were all. That was all. There was a sort of a whole scene around mm -hmm. that. And this is one of those songs from right. that, I, that I learned from. This is actually a a. Uh, a um, the song called Annabelle Lee that they learned from. Um, it's a, a, a Bobby Newworth song. Okay. Yeah, another song that no, nobody hardly knows. Used to run with Bob Dylan back in the day. But this is another song that lives a lot, lives today in the street because of them. You know, so I'm just trying to, you know, and that's how I make. That's how I make my living, really. You know, on the on the music end of things, more than any other way. I mean, I play, you know, shows and what have you, but.
but the difference that there ain't no light in the alley. When you're so down and alone, you got no way to turn. Is it a sing and a valley that I All music for this episode is by Brian Belknap. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Please remember to follow Storied San Francisco on social media. All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers, including Brian, are up on the website, storiedsf.com. We're on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Check back Thursday for more songs and stories from Brian Belknap. <laughs>